Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. Sexual compatibility and different levels of desire is just an absolute favorite topic of mine. One of the reasons is that there's so much to know and no one has ever taught us. And the first time getting naked with someone can feel like a big deal. But don't be too quick to write a lover off if a sexual encounter didn't meet your expectations. Just understand that there is always this first-time awkwardness, even with people who are highly attracted to one another and super knowledgeable in sex. Let's start with awkwardness. You're going to need to inoculate yourself against awkwardness. Put yourself into situations where you might feel a little bit awkward. Try a dance move for the first time in front of an entire bat mitzvah party or karaoke, painting, hopscotch, whatever. The more creative attempts will be like a shorter hop to connecting awkward attempts, survival with your sex life. But anything that helps train this fear of appearing awkward is going to help you. Consider journaling about awkwardness. How would you show up sexually if awkward wasn't even a thing? If everything was welcome and nothing was embarrassing? And then put awkward in perspective. Stumbles, cramps, farts, none of these things are the end of the world. Learn how to ignore them or mention them with grace. Terrible timing, but I have a Charlie horse. Want to tell me about your fantasies while I jump up and down trying to get rid of this cramp in my leg? Humor can really take the charge out of awkwardness. Not humor that diminishes you. So not self-effacing humor, not putting yourself down, but humor that just plays with the situation will put both of you at ease. And if you're not able to have a conversation about sex with your date, you're not able to say the words, to lead with words, to play with words, and describe sex with words, I strongly recommend that you wait until talking about sex is easier. Know why you feel timid or awkward sexually. Know if this is an ongoing block that holds you back, or is it just that this person and this experience is brand new, and this is just a natural level of like novelty awkward? If it's more than initial awkwardness, like if you had an experience and it really felt like something was off, ask yourself one or two of the following to get some clarity around whether this person is sexually compatible to you. 
The first thing to ask yourself is, did you guys rush into sex? There's something really yummy about allowing time for the slow boil of erotic buildup, and this makes encounters far juicier than rushing in just as soon as the first thought of sex arises. Having sex right away is perfectly fine between two healthy and willing adults. It's just that if you rush in and you feel the experience was only meh, Consider that you may not have let that pot get to a full boil. Ask yourself too, is this low attraction or low satisfaction? Here's the difference. So low attraction is sometimes just a chemical, neurobiological, and unexplained thing. Often, this is not workable. It's the feeling you get when you've known someone a while, but it just continually feels like kissing your brother. (laughs) Our wiring and chemistry are sometimes simply a no to another human being. No attraction after one date is nothing to be concerned about. I wouldn't jump ship after one or two dates of feeling lukewarm. I know that's not a common piece of advice. We all want to like show up like passing through a metal detector and feel like the beeping throb of chemistry. But it doesn't always work like that. You grow to know a person and this sexual pull, this attraction can increase. If you never feel a pull whatsoever toward their lips, it may just not be a match. It's important to add here, super important, that if you're a person who've had, who's had like some dysfunction in your childhood and you've not done work around it, just be aware that you may be attracted to chaos, right? So look at your patterns. This is something that you can unlearn. You can stop a preference toward like the bad boy or the bad girl sexual attraction. And you can align yourself with a healthy, secure partner and feel this really dynamic pull toward them. You're not doomed. Okay, so if you were attracted, but you weren't satisfied, low satisfaction is absolutely workable. Can you talk about it together? Is there a willingness to discover one another? Is there a base knowledge, but you need to be more present with this particular partner? Do both partners have some level of what I call pleasure education? Do you know your own turn-ons and turn-offs? Your yucks and yums, I call them. If you've not looked into Jaya's erotic blueprint, I highly recommend checking her out. Her erotic blueprint is very similar to the love languages. And briefly, there are five. Energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter know yours, take her quiz, know your partners, and then get compatible by getting knowledge around each other's turn-ons, each other's erotic blueprint. But as always, you've heard me say this if you've been in this space before, please do not use quizzes like those to label yourself. Be very flowing in your sexual life. It changes. Another thing to ask yourself is, how attached are you to how sex like should be, right? I'm doing the, the podcasting air quotes here. Let me tell you that movies and TV need to shorten sex scenes to only a few minutes. Please, please know that that is not real life. Anyone with a base knowledge of pleasure understands that pleasure is related to how much time you've given erectile tissue to puff up in both of you. 
In addition to timing, you'll need to understand that every single human has a different physiological makeup. There is no expert lover who has like cracked a code in what works with the opposite sex or with any sex, right? Because every person's body is actually made up differently. The media and our culture tell us a narrative that there's this script or like a secret sauce of human pleasure techniques that's involved in being a good lover. Simply not true. A good lover knows their own body and has the ability to be fully present in this moment with this partner. An epic lover knows how to balance giving and receiving. Do you put time pressure on yourself or on your partner? Do you feel pressure to be performative? Be curious. Practice like this true attentive curiosity in energy, in signals. What's happening with this partner in the moment? Talk about it. Another reason that sex may have flopped the first few times out is what was happening sexually before you met this partner. Did you or they have a mean or judgmental partner who shut them down sexually? Did you or they have a long stretch with no sex at all? Porn is very common in single people who are kind of in between partners. Just know that porn can interfere with the ability to climax. It's a dopamine inhibitor. And there's a myriad of other issues that cause problems with partnered sex. This is not really a big deal, but just know that your body and your brain will absolutely need to detox from porn if you want to experience like the full yummy spectrum of uh, pleasure in partnered sex. Perhaps the biggest misunderstanding in sex is that it is a drive. Sex is not a drive. It's this dual control model. Again, learning from Emily Nagoski here. And we all have these breaks that stop or slow our arousal. And we all have accelerators that start or propel us into arousal. And there's nothing good or bad about yours. It's just knowing your own sexual temperament. Do things have to be really ideal for you in order to feel like having sex? Like, do you have to be freshly showered? Must there be no possibility of interruption? Do you have to fully trust this partner? Or do you like an element of discovery, of mystery, or the unknown? Are you a person who feels shy or inhibited and needs the lights off? Do certain smells turn you on or off? Do you know what these smells are? Does the location being the same make you feel safe sexually? Or do you prefer new locations in order to feel turned on? Does the other person's turn on affect your turn on? When a client asks me, what do they do when they've lost desire for a partner? I ask them, when is the last time they had a very pleasurable, erotic experience? Was it on vacation? Was it out outside? Was it in the middle of the night in a soaking tub? Was it with a partner or alone after an outing where they watched their partner like um, be in their element? What was the context? What was the feel of it. And then we talk about how they can create that context. And when sexual desires, sexual libido doesn't match, is there something that can be done to get one partner's needs without violating a boundary of the other partner? Is this temporary? Is it due to stress, illness, pain, pregnancy? Talk about it. Acknowledge the lower sex drive in one or frankly acknowledge the higher sex drive in another. Some of us feel more sexual after a loss, a death, 
job stress, everyone is different. The difference in sexual libido is less important than the willingness to navigate the difference. And the good news is that navigating it can be learned. One may have a lower desire, but they're not the one who's wrong or needing to be fixed. Some people just have responsive desire and some have spontaneous desire. Responsive desire in a person requires a slow buildup. This one is often taken for a lack of sexual desire, but this is like saying, why didn't this pot of water cook my pasta? Well, it has to boil first. It has to start from warm and get hotter and hotter, but it's very capable of cooking pasta once it gets to the right degree of boil. So which is now my new euphemism for getting naked with somebody like, hey, darling, want to cook my pasta? (laughs) All right, I'm going to have to work on that. But the point is just know when someone feels like they're a disappointment to a partner by not wanting sex as often, it really creates this guilt and shame. Guilt and shame then cause stress. And those three together are like the biggest wet, soggy rag to dampen pleasure. Communicate your wish to connect sexually. Find out why it matters to each of you. Does sex feel nourishing in this time of your life or does it feel draining? Can you reframe it to pleasure and then take some expectations off the table? In getting to know why connecting sexually matters to you, this is where you normally find common ground. So even if two people are wildly varying on how often, how frequently, how intensely they want to have sex, it's very often a landing ground, a commonality in the partnerships. Like you want to express your attraction. You want to show your affection, your love. Sex is a very important component to connecting in love. Try talking about it with sentences like, when we're skin to skin, I feel like I'm the luckiest human on the planet. Making an effort to navigate the feelings and the intention to connect and the skill is a lot. Please reach out to me if you want to learn more. I have spots available for private coaching starting in August. Click the link here in the show notes to speak to me about your sexual compatibility issues with your partner. There is so much connection and joy and pleasure in expressing your love and attraction sexually. And I truly wish this for you. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.